Welcome to the Mississauga Life and Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Jaffrey. Today, we're talking about power of sale and foreclosures. A uh, hot topic these days, a lot of people are curious about whether uh, we have more than usual power of sale homes in the market. Is there a deal to be had? Uh, so let's do this. Let's first talk about the difference between power of sale and foreclosure properties. Because I know foreclosures are a real big deal in the U.S. We don't see a lot of those here in the greater Toronto area. Uh, and so maybe they have them in other provinces. I'm not sure. But at least in, in Toronto, Mississauga, uh, surrounding areas, I've never really heard of foreclosures. So the big difference between foreclosure and power of sale, I mean, essentially, they're kind of the same. You know, you go, you take a loan out, uh, you get a mortgage uh, on your property. And so what the bank does is says, okay, the property is under your name, uh, given that you keep making these payments. And when you're in default and we don't feel like you're, you're any longer able to kind of pay off the mortgage, uh, then we're going to force you to sell the home and kind of recoup our money. Uh, whereas foreclosure is like, if you don't make these payments or whatever the terms might be between you and the lender, uh, then we're not going to force to, we're not going to force you to sell the home. We're actually going to take the home from you. And it's going to be like the, the title would be our title now. So we're going to be on title. It's our property, right? So that's the major difference. Uh, essentially, in both cases, you're kind of being forced to sell your home uh, and then, you know, use the proceeds of the sale to pay the lender. Okay. So power of sales are increasing in Toronto. I mean, uh, you know, we don't have the same leverage we used to have before because the prices have gone down. Uh, on average, it's been reported that about $110,000 uh, in value has gone down for the average homeowner since February peak of 2022. So it is a bit of a, a negative wealth shock for a lot of people. And like I said, uh, kind of like takes away a bit from your leverage when it comes to, uh, you know, holding multiple properties or even, you know, a single home. Um, there was an example of this, uh, you know, again, these are rare. These are like less than 1% of the cases, but it does happen. So it's worth mentioning. There was a, a townhouse in Whitby that sold in February, uh, for about $1.4 million an end unit townhouse. Uh, it was newer, nicely done, nicely upgraded 1.4 million. It sold. And then this sold recently a year later, this was sometime in January, uh, and they ended up selling for just about a million bucks. So 400,000 dollar loss on the property. Uh, but on average, it's about $111,000 that uh, people have lost in terms of wealth uh, inequity in their property. Okay. So we're going to be expecting really two types of uh, properties to be hitting in the market with in the, in the, in the uh, power of sales segment. Uh, one of them is going to be obviously, you know, people who bought at the peak uh, predominantly, and now the values have gone down and the the cost of holding the property has gone up, right? So whereas you were paying something like $3,500 a month before for your mortgage, now you're paying $4,000. And to add to that, property taxes are going up. Uh, inflation is still a huge factor. You know, we are down from 8% to like 6.3%, uh, but that's largely in part uh, because gas prices have come down a bit, energy prices and other things do fluctuate quite a bit. But so with all these added pressures, what we're seeing is, that uh, the amount of uh, properties that are going to be foreclosed upon, or sorry, rather, that are going to go into power sale are going to go up a little bit. And we'll talk about that in the specific numbers a little bit later. Okay, so we are expecting a record number of newly built condos to be hitting the market. Um, the numbers are... Um, 
Record number of condos have flood Toronto market and nearly 32,000 condos will hit the city and the surrounding suburbs, uh, according to urbanation.com. So that surpasses the previous high in 2020, which was about 22,000 uh, completed units. So we're going to have a massive number of units hitting the market. And as we mentioned, the cost, you know, what these people had anticipated when the first purchase compared to what it is now, there's, there's quite a bit of a difference. Uh, so just to give you an idea, the average monthly rent in the region was twenty seven thirty three a month, which left the condo owner paying an average out of $773 out of pocket every month. So these were the older numbers. This is what was happening like about a year ago. Okay. Uh, that is up from 2021. In 2021, on average, uh, if you were a landlord and you had an investment property, you were paying about $235 a month out of pocket, even though you were getting market rent. Um, and so you were sort of in a negative cash flow situation. In 2020, that number was 196 out of pocket. And in 2019, that number was $17 out of pocket. So typically what happens is this number here, 2019, this is where a lot of the condo sales take place. This is where people book their condos because we know that condos typically close three to four years down the road. And now 2019, 2020, when these condos are coming up for possession, number one, how much has the value been affected in a case of a condo that's, that was booked four years ago? Maybe they're not, you know, in a bad position in terms of the sales price, but what they're expecting to pay per month in terms of mortgage cost has gone up significantly. And, um, you know, the latest numbers also hinted that the average rent in Toronto for the last two months has been going down. Don't have January numbers yet, obviously, but uh, if that is a trend, then that's going to add to the pressure of not only is it costing us more to keep this property we're out of pocket, but the rents are coming down as well. So these are the reasons why some people... Again, I don't want to alarm anybody. This is not a significant portion of the market. We're probably looking at less than 1% who booked these condos from, uh, you know, from the perspective of just kind of like sell the assignment or as soon as you get possession, you sell it. Um, it might not be, they might not be able to do that because they might not be able to get mortgages on these properties because obviously stress tests, you know, numbers, everything has changed. Um, and a lot of these people had purchased these properties as a, a against the home equity line of credit four or five years ago, and those monthly payments have gone up as well. So there will be people who will for sure say that I need to get rid of this property, even if it is at a discount. Keep in mind, because they were booked four years ago, let's just say it was booked four years ago for $400,000, um, they can get... 550, 600,000 for that unit at market value. So there's still some money to be made, but they will sell immediately because they're not going to be able to have good rates or uh, have a mortgage term contract with one of the big five banks. And therefore, it's just going to be not practical to keep it. They're probably going to be looking at private lending temporarily. Uh, again, what percentage of the market? I'm going to say less than 1%, but once that kind of starts rolling out, we'll see. Okay, so what else? Um, what are we seeing in terms of, so there's these two segments. You have people who bought at the peak, uh, let's just say February peak, and now prices have gone up. Sorry, not prices, but the uh, cost of ownership, the cost of the mortgages has gone up, but the prices have come down. You'll see that segment, people kind of doing the power sale. And then you, you'll you see distressed selling in that segment of new condo 
ownership uh, where people take possession and they have to sell. And if they can't sell, it's going to go to power sale. Again, with new condos, like I said, there should be enough equity in there because these condos were booked four years ago, three years ago, uh, that they should be able to have some sort of a cushion. But if they don't, uh, you know, investors typically will do everything in their power. Uh, they will even take more debt just to kind of keep from going into power sale. But there's a limit. So let's see how that pans out. Those are the two areas I think will be in this segment or in this uh, area of power sale homes. Uh, now, in terms of how many power sales, well, MLS or the Toronto Real Estate Board doesn't really release information in terms of how many power sales came to the market. The way a power sale is identified as a power sale is that in the section where it says where you typically have the name of the homeowner, you can have the name of the bank or the lending institution uh, that the property was uh, registered with or they had the mortgage with. And then typically in the description, you will see a comment that says, as is, whereas, even though it's a property that's not a rundown property, but that's a clear indication that that is a power of sale. So we have to kind of spot it and then, you know, put it in the books, market, register it. Uh, MLS doesn't really give out formal information about power sales like that, but we do do a search based on something like that, like power of sale or as is properties. And what we've noticed is, and this is just realtors kind of getting together and collecting data and putting it together. What we've noticed is that about two years ago, three years ago, the first half of 2020, we had like almost zero power sales. It just wasn't a thing. Second half of 2020, they started to, you know, we started to add some power sales to the market, probably less than 20. Then we were kind of hovering between 25 and 30 all the way up till September of 2022. September of 2022 and onwards, the power sales have more than doubled. Right. So now we're looking at approximately about 50 power sales coming to the market every month. This is for all of the GTA. And that is an increase. So like other things, you know, we want to monitor uh, what's what's going to happen with this trend. Is it going to keep going at 50? Is it going to keep going up? Is it going to go down? Is it just one of those things like, you know, when we talk about uh, credit card delinquencies, we know that credit card delinquencies are up. But there's still less than 1%. Nothing alarming about that, right? So this might be one of those things. We don't know. Keep an eye on see what happens. Uh, it's interesting, though. The CEO of Scotiabank said that uh, they have about 20,000 of their mortgage holders that are at risk of uh, turning into power sales. And, uh, you know, I think for Scotiabank, that kind of represents less than 1% of their entire mortgage portfolio. So are there going to be deals to be had with the power sale homes? That's another very important question that we have to discuss because normally people think that power sale homes represents a deal. And that's not entirely true because the power sale is simply the bank coming in and saying, Hey, look, you got to sell the home and whatever proceeds you get from the sale, we got to take care of ourselves first. We're going to make sure that, you know, we're taken care of and then whatever's left over will come to you, right? So it is in 
it, it, like the bank has to do their due diligence or the lender, whoever that may be, they have to sell the property at market price, right? Uh, because if they don't sell at market price, let's just say that the value of the property is a million dollars and the bank says, you know, I, I know the average days of the market is 30 days. I want to sold in a day. So don't sell it for a million. Go ahead and sell it for 900,000. Now the owner of the property who defaulted can actually take that bank or lending institution to court and say, Hey, look, they could have sold it for a million. They sold it for 900,000. So I want my hundred thousand dollars. And that's a very valid case. And the bank would have to pay. Now, does it happen all the time? I don't think so. But the point is, it's not really a deal you're getting. You're getting a home where it's being sold for market value. And if you do ever see a power sale home where it says being sold as is, and there's no pictures and uh, comparatively to the neighbor's homes or homes in that, that specific area, it sells for 10% below market value, 20% below market value. There's a good chance that that house was probably dilapidated on the inside. Whoever was there wasn't taking care of it because they knew they were about to lose the home. Uh, maybe they just got overly emotional and broke a couple of things. And I've heard weird stories. I've heard people like putting cement in the toilets uh, just so you'd have to like change all the piping afterwards and, you know, because they're just upset. So if you do see a power sale home sell for less than market value, it's probably because it wasn't in good shape. Other than that, a power sale home is going to be sold like any other home. It's going to be sold for market value. All right. So I hope this kind of sheds some light on what's going on with the power of sale situation um, in Mississauga, in the greater Toronto area and everywhere else. And if you're finding value in these podcasts, please uh, go ahead and consider subscribing. And that is it for this podcast. I'll see you in the next one. Have a great day.